Hello, this is Daniel Kilburn with Emergency Action Planning and the ACT ASAP podcast. The interview you're about to listen to was originally released in May of 2021 as part of the Conversations on Family Urban Disaster Planning. Hello, I'm Daniel Kilburn with Conversations on Family Urban Disaster Planning. Today's guest speaker is Detective Daniel J. Seals, retired. Daniel Seals began his law enforcement career with the Covington Police Department in Covington, Georgia, which is a suburb of the metro Atlanta area. Detective Seals has trained over 2,000 law enforcement officers in nearly all 50 states and eight countries. He has taught classes on gang investigation, intelligence sharing, social media investigations, child pornography, human trafficking, intelligence-led policing, and predictive technologies. Detective Seals has been a featured speaker at the Georgia State Intelligence Network, the International Association of Crime Analysis, the FBI National Academy of Continuing Education, and the Association of Chiefs of Police. So hello, Daniel. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm great. You know, it's an easy name to remember. I love it. You know? Right. Yeah, exactly. So, so let me ask you just a quick personal question here. What was mm-hmm. it that got you involved in law enforcement? What was it that drew you there? And, you know, what, what did you find that it was your passion for it? Yeah, sure. So, you know, I, I guess uh, my, my wife sums it up pretty well that I, I've always had this, which she termed my injustice bone when somebody is done wrong, I have a problem with that. And, and I feel for some reason that I have to make it right. <laughs> sometimes that's good for me. Sometimes that's not. Uh, so, you know, when I got into law enforcement, yeah, I wanted to be a detective, uh, wanted to be a SWAT operator. I, I achieved both of those. And when I got into detectives, uh, had a knack for technology, uh, started taking a lot of, um, classes on computer into, uh, investigations, reverse engineering, uh, which led me into fraud, which led me into child pornography, which led me into all of this. And there's something about a victim, whether they be elderly or children, or just really any victim that's, that pulls at you. It's just not right. You've got a completely helpless victim who gave you their trust. You've done them wrong. And justice needs to be served to that individual. Drove me every day, Daniel. Well, that sounds good. And it seems like you're still following on that, even though you're retired from the active law right. enforcement. With your uh, connection with what you're doing through Motorola, you still stay actively involved with the law enforcement community and you stay up to date with what's happening, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I told um, a friend of mine, we were talking last night and he says, how's it been? And I said, well, I don't feel like I left. Uh, I just have a much larger department now. I, I travel the world. Uh, and and help departments with investigations like this, setting up these programs. Uh, You know, so many want to do it, but just don't know where to start. Uh, And, you know, we all need a little help sometimes. And so I'm I'm, I'm grateful to be the lead uh, of a consultant organization of folks just like me who, who don't have to worry about selling anything. We just go out and, and, and help agencies make it right. How do you set up a real-time crime center? How do we get this investigation piece off the ground? Uh, and you know, policy and procedure and legal are all around that, Daniel, just to make sure that we're all doing it right. 
so that they can be as successful as either I was or somebody who works for me or other agencies we've seen. Okay, well, that's wonderful. And, and you mentioned fraud earlier, and that's what we're here to discuss, disaster right. fraud. So, you know, unfortunately, we see it every year when the hurricanes blow through or, or the fires in the West Coast, you know, the contractors come in and disappear with all your money. Uh, right. We see stuff online about, you know, save the kittens in Southwest <laughs> Kentucky right. or whatever, right? So, so what type of fraud are we looking at and uh, how can we identify it? Yeah, so it there there are some that always rear their head, um, and, and we'll, we'll I'm going to get to those in just a minute. But what I want to caution people is, as we're speaking today, um, I used to tell people all the time, you know, they would say, "Well, how are these people so good at this?" And I would say, "It's their job. You're good at your job because it's what you do every day. You pour time into it. You pour energy into it. If something doesn't work, you try something new. Uh, people who commit fraud are doing the same thing." Uh, yes, we've all heard of the Nigerian prince who died and he was your fifth cousin. And if you spend $5,000, we'll give you $5 million. That, that's, been, that's been around for a long time. But when we get into disaster fraud, and we saw new ones with, with the COVID pandemic, right. uh, some of them are still going on, is that they're getting better. They're getting more, um, more technical, whether it be online. Uh, my mother-in-law, just yesterday, uh, she got a mailer. I, I grabbed the mail and I said, this looks odd. And she knows to let me look at things because I, you know, I just something didn't look right. And it was a small piece of paper that said, oh, you've been chosen uh, to get this benefit, blah, blah, blah. And I mean, literally, it was a tiny little piece of paper. And at the top right corners were numbers very similar to a tax filing form. So it looked very official, but right. it gave no, no description on what it was or what you were going to get, but it had a bunch of areas where you're supposed to fill in all of your personal information and mail it back to them. Obviously an attempted fraud, you know, and I hadn't seen that particular one before, but so I want to make sure people's minds are open uh, to the ability that it may not be anything we discussed today. It's going to have a vein of that. We're going to get into the core of how to sniff it out, but it, it could be something brand new. So what I tell people all the time, the number one, I don't care if it's in a disaster or any other type of fraud, give no personal information, period. Um, if, you're, uh, if your insurance company calls you <laughs> and says they can give you a better deal, and then all of a sudden they want your social security or your VIN number or something like that, they already have it. Right. There's no reason for them to be asking that. These are things people need to think in their head. Why are you asking me this? Wouldn't you already have this? If your doctor's office calls, you have a bill outstanding where the, where the uh, a creditor for the doctor's office and could you validate your social? No, you can't. You're not going to. Stay away from those things. Uh, true people like your insurance or your doctor or even the government are gonna ask you those questions because they already have that information. There's other ways to vet you. The other one, and this is kind of an overreaching, is know who you're dealing with. If you get a call, especially in disaster, we see it all the time. Um, and I'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute, but overreachingly in, in disasters, we hear people say, uh, I got a call from my insurance company and they're gonna come out, but if I give them $500 or if I get, well, what, what information did you give them? Oh, I gave them all of this. Well, it wasn't your insurance company? Well, it wasn't my insurance man or, or lady, it, it, it was the company. 
When's the last time the actual company called you? When's the last time a large insurance company called you personally? You know, it, it, it's not going to happen. It's going to be your local adjuster, right? And so know who you're dealing with. Um, and, and those are the overreaching we really need to focus on because it could be medical. Uh, it could be insurance. It could be uh, charity scams, disaster relief charity scams. It could be somebody perpetrating the government. We're from the government, right? Um, and, and so we need to focus on all of these. The number one, I think we see Daniel that we could probably start with, uh, is the, the relief recovery efforts, right. uh, when an area has been hit, um, we, we see people who want to help come into these neighborhoods as soon as the streets open. So what we're saying here is not only are good people coming in to assist, there's also bad people that are marshalling and they're just waiting for the moment to get in there. That's so correct. You know, I wonder about this because we see it seems like a big industry. I'm sure there's probably mm. billions of dollars floating across every year in this. Right. So as you stated so far, the safest way is first of all, give no personal information. When in doubt, check it out. It's just that. Absolutely. Simple, right. right. And what, most of us are computer savvy by now, so it'd be a matter of just going to Uncle Google and see what it says based on the information you have on them. Long on the right that. link. Yes, yeah. <laughs> exactly. All right. I've actually done that and found out that this is a bad guy. And I said, well, yeah, I never would have known that if I hadn't done that. But That's you right. know, the way you brought up what I found is interesting that I did not know about was the direct mail fraud attempts. You know, I think of direct mail like advertising. But now right. there's coming out as a fraud thing. You just fill out everything and send it out. That, that's really interesting there. So, you so know, and one thing, one thing about that, not to interrupt you, but one thing about that that's important to note is on the outside of that envelope, uh, and I should have, I should have kept it. I tore it up. But on the outside of that envelope, it said second notice in red, uh -huh. you know, as if hurry up, you're in trouble, you know, call us. We've already tried. Of course, it was no second notice. And that's what they're going to make it look like. They're, they're going to appeal to a, a, a good citizen's fear of doing wrong, fear of being in the wrong, fear of right. missing something. Um, notice I didn't get one of those. You know, my, my mother, my, my mid 70 year old mother-in-law got that. Why? Because unfortunately, in that type of scam, the, the, the older set of the generations are targeted for that because they're the most particular about making sure things are up, right? They, they just want to, they're not going to owe anybody. They're not going to do anybody wrong. They come from a generation that does right and their word is right. And they trust many times uh, implicitly. Uh, and, and that's not a bad thing, but it can be dangerous. So, so one of the things I tell people all the time when I do these speeches, I do quite a few of these, is I say, you know, if you're their son, if you're their daughter, if you're their grandchild and you have contact with them, educate them, educate them, educate them. Uh, make sure that they understand that these things are coming out. Make sure that if they have a question about something, if it just, uh, well, I don't, wanna, I don't know what this is, call one of us who might be a little more um, up on the news or, or, or right. into technology. Uh, you, know, you get an email, click on this link for your, uh, your insurance bill is late, right? That link, could lead you to all kinds of things, whether it's an opening of your computer or anything. Um, and one of the things that's important to note, Daniel, is a lot of times, like that particular scam, I don't know that it was looking to defraud her in insurance 
or in benefits. But the information that was potentially to be filled out there is everything they need to defraud her on everything. Right. So a lot of times it's just a, it, it appears to be something, but it's a blanket in order to get more information from you and do whatever they want to with it. Well, so one thing that you mentioned, which I want to bring up here is every community is different. You know, you live up in Georgia, I'm in Florida, we have different mm -hmm. law enforcement communities, which have different standards and different procedures. Just right. like the, uh, as we moved out to the West Coast, they're all different in some way, shape or form. So you mentioned call somebody. So if mm -hmm. I'm sitting home in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and the hailstorm beats my roof to death, and I've got people coming out telling me to give them $5,000, and they'll go buy the gear to buy, fix my roof. <laughs> right. Who would, I call? Who would I call in my community to try and get a handle on this? Yeah. So a couple of people. The first one you want to call is your actual insurance adjuster, the okay. person you have the insurance with. Uh, you know, And I don't mean like one of the big names because you're going to get in a call center. I'm talking the, the people you pay your money to. Uh, the, the, the local rep, call that person. You've dealt with them. You know them, uh, especially smaller communities. They probably know the name of the, of the front desk clerk, right? Uh, call them first. See if these are legitimate. I will tell you, I've never met an insurance company that proactively sends out no-name people. Now, there are a few who will give proactive calls, but the call is from them and it's very, they already know who you are. They're not going to ask for any information. They're checking to see how you are. That's fine. Okay. But they're not just going to be sending out Bob in a truck with a couple of guys to knock on every door in the neighborhood. Those people are vultures. Okay. The other one is call your state uh, insurance commissioner. Uh, each state, and I, I've checked many of them out. I haven't found one yet that doesn't. Each state insurance commissioner has uh, FAQs, right? right? Quick quick questions and answers on their site on how to identify fraud. What is legal? What is not legal? Uh, I'll tell you a quick story. Um, I was When I lived in another neighborhood, uh, the neighborhood had shingles that apparently at some point had been recalled. I don't know how you identify shingles on a house if you're not on the roof that had been recalled. But we were inundated with these roofers that came through. Uh, and and I, I, was, I was still in policing at the time. They'd come up, they'd ring the doorbell. Excuse me, sir, do you realize your roof has been recalled? And I go, how do you know that? Oh, well, it's just this edge of the shingle, da 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 And, and we went on and on and on. And one in particular said, uh, you know, sir, uh, you don't even have to pay your deductible. If you let us put a sign in the front yard, we'll pay it for you. Well, in Georgia, that's illegal. That's insurance fraud, okay? Many states are the same. It's insurance fraud. I knew that being a cop and I'd let them go on. And this one in particular, I said, gosh, I, you must be really good at this. And I pointed to my neighbors and I said, do they have the same shingle? And he looked, oh yes, they do. Absolutely they do. And I said, well, that's funny because they had their roof replaced because a tree fell on it about two weeks ago. And he looked at me and I, reached in my back pocket and pulled out my badge. And I said, I think you know where we're going with this. And he literally ran in a sprint to get in his truck and sped away and didn't come back to the neighborhood. It can be small like that, Daniel, but that in itself is fraud. Now, is that fraud to me personally? Some would say no. However, I'm paying the premiums. Right. 
I'm paying these things. If more people put in and insurance companies have to pay out more and it turns out to be fraud and it turns out I was implicated in that because I knew that, it affects me directly, right? So when we have disasters like this, people will just go door to door, neighbor to neighbor. And like you say, oh, give me, give me $5,000 today and I'll put you on our list. You can understand how many people are on this list. But if, if you go ahead and give me this money, I guarantee I'll be back next week. They're not coming back next week. You'll never hear from them again. But people, people are worried because their, their, their roof is damaged, the, the damage in the house. Uh, we even had one that was coming around town because we had one of those one of those hurricanes that came through you guys and hit Atlanta pretty hard. Uh, but it was one of these where he was uh, he was having people pay five hundred to a thousand dollars to simply put a tarp on the roof. And it said, okay, well maybe, except the tarp wasn't the right grade, and he was drilling straight through the roof, which was causing more holes. And then your insurance company got up there and said, you didn't do this right. It, it was it was a mess, Daniel. It's amazing how many people are out there just just waiting for something to happen so that they can prey on people. So I was just thinking out loud here. Is it common for these people to come from interstate, from out of the state? Very. So is very. that a good trick? Just look at their license plate. We might have a clue. Is that? Yeah, if you can. If you can. If the truck is to where you can, absolutely. I can tell you this. Any reputable company, number one. I, I don't know many that go door to door after these things because they understand that that could be construed poorly. But if they do, any reputable company is going to have identification on them. Uh, they're going to be from a local company. You don't want to contract some roofer in Alabama for your work in Washington state. It just doesn't make sense, okay? Not saying that couldn't happen, but it doesn't make any sense. And that's the main thing for people is, is this making sense? Is the, the, this guy who shows up, is he, is he, is he seem as a professional, right? Or, or does he seem like he lives in his truck? And again, I'm not putting people down, but it's one of these where these people will wait, Daniel. And, and when there's not disasters going on, they, they're probably perpetrating another type of fraud, a regular type of fraud every day, check fraud or, or some other place or, or defrauding license plates or driver's licenses. And when this happens, it's like a windfall comes in for them. And I'll tell you, almost all of them will request cash. They want cash today. Uh, they don't want your credit card, um, typically, because you're going to dispute that. Uh, they, they don't want your check because the banks might be closed and you can dispute that. Um, they're going to want cash for the most part, and they're going to want that deposit today, and it's going to be a significant amount. Um, and I don't know any reputable companies, right, especially insurance or anything like that, who are going to go, well, if you give us cash today, I mean, I just had some yard work done, right? And, and they're just going to bill me later, right? It's a reputable company. This is, what, this is how business works. Right. Um, and, and so if the job hasn't been done, there's no payment, should not be any payment for that. Okay. So, so what we're looking at a local, a locally impacted area should just be wary of people knocking at the door. A, be wary of people asking for cash. B, be wary of people from out of state. Definitely. Right. And uh, call your local adjuster. You're the local guy that you normally deal with for your insurance. That's right. And then move from there. That's a good starting point, right? Right. Never jump the gun. Yeah. I mean, even if they seem right, 
get their information, get a business card. They should have a nice little business card. Now, granted, you get business cards printed anywhere, but they should have one. Uh, it should be at least fairly local, like here in Atlanta, should be in the metro Atlanta area, you know, it should be fairly local. Um, but then just say, okay, well, thank you. I'll take your card and I'll, I'll let you know. Then you do your due diligence. Go online. Does the company even exist? If it does, does it have, you know, a website that you can walk around? Does it have people on there who said this was a great company? Go to the Better Business Bureau. Are they rated on the BBB? You know, are they, do your diligence. 12 hours of your roof being in shambles isn't going to destroy anything more than 18 when you call him back tomorrow, right? right? Make sure you do your diligence before you jump. So many people just want it done right now and it's fear and I get it but you could be in a much larger world of hurt than just property damage if you just jump in and give these people all this money and you're never going to see them again. Okay, so let's move now away from the infected area, infected, the impacted area. Mm -hmm. And let's look outside now. I know because I've seen them here, you know, you get that strange email from somebody or that Facebook <laughs> thing pops up that says we're looking for donations to feed the hungry right. because of whatever. And you've never right. heard of this organization before. So how would I go about researching this to see if this is something I want to do? Or should I just shut that down? If I'm going to donate, go to a reputable company or organization that I already know about. What do you think there? Yeah, I, I always donate to reputable um, personally, and this is not a this this is not a shout out to these folks. But personally, I like the work that like Goodwill does. So, so I'll, I'll donate to Goodwill. I'll help them out. Uh, your, your local, your local church is a great place to do that. If, if you're, if you're the type of person to do that, because they actually will then give those funds to people that they have done their due diligence on. That's a great way to do it. Um, you know, we, we live in a, we live in a society that has created a GoFundMe page. Right. <laughs> I mean, go, <laughs> I heard somebody say the other day on the internet that GoFundMe, it's kind of like panhandling, but on the internet. Right. It, it's you just don't know. Some of them are some of them are ne necessary. Uh, one of them I knew personally was a person I worked with. They were in Utah. Their house burned down. And, and, and we as a group stepped this up for him. That's fine. If you don't know them, if you don't know who set it up, if you uh, if you just can't figure then then best not to. Now you go, well, OK, well, but I want to. How do I figure this out? There's a couple ways to do it. Um, one on these pages. Many times it'll have a group that has set it up, right? Set up by the blah, blah, blah group. It may be at the bottom of the page. You may have to look for that. Uh, look for that information online. Look for the history of that group. Uh, the internet is a great place. And, and again, your, 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 local, um, your local insurance commissioner is good for this. Your local uh, law enforcement is good for this. What other frauds may have come up in and around that particular group had they perpetrated this before? Many times I just go on the internet, like you were talking, Uncle Google, and type it in, you'll just see scam, 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 scam. Um, but on those things, good willing people that want to give, just want to give. The other thing that we watch for is, is it, a, is it offering a receipt? And I know that seems kind of smarmy to some people. Are oh, you just going to take it off on your taxes? Well, you could. But the reason I say it's offering a receipt is because they have established themselves right. as either a regular nonprofit or 501. They've done the paperwork. They've done the due diligence. And once that paperwork is done, very rarely are those complete frauds. That paperwork is very difficult to do to get that, that deal. Now, on a quick one that's popped up, they might not have time, you tell me. 
DJ, they didn't have time. We, we've got the we've got the Pinellas County Disaster Relief Fund, right? And we need to help out. Okay, call Pinellas County. Call the Pinellas County government. Do you guys have the Pinellas County Relief Fund? Uh, no, haven't heard about that. Well, I'm getting these Facebook invites for this. That it can be fraud. I mean, I could go on right now and set up a GoFundMe page called, oh, I don't know, let's call it um, uh George's Disaster Relief Fund and just make some pretty words. And next thing you know, I'm going to have money coming into that GoFundMe page because I'll, I'll say that it's a just in case. What if this actually happens? What This is a fund for us in case we need it. You know, I'll, I'll say all kinds of pretty stuff and people will give me money, but it's fake. I can use any words I want. I hear the adage all the time. Well, it said it was from the government. That means nothing. Right. That means nothing. Um, you know, that, that anybody can say that. Uh, and so it, it's, it's really the you can be trusting. That's fine. But before you fully trust, verify, verify, go on and go. Is this a good organization? Have other people donated that, you know, better yet, does anybody, you know, especially if it's through your Facebook group, know somebody who is institutional at setting that up? Like, hey, I know this. It's the uh, it's the county commissioner. They're behind this. The county commissioner set this up. Go on that page. They'll say, please support our fund. There's a trail for this, for the truth. You'll find that many times in a lie, there's almost no trail. It just stops at the email and you go, I can't find this anywhere. I can't find any information on this anywhere. Use your Use your mind. Use those senses that go something's wrong and donate somewhere else. Red Cross, somebody else. So the common theme I'm hearing here is these uh, fraudsters, like for lack of a better word, that's what I'll call them, the fraudsters, basically look out to tug your heartstrings. They look for people oh, yeah. in distress. They look for people who want to help other people because they have yes. those heartstrings that can be tugged to. And somehow mm -hmm. they involve you in a deeply emotional story to get you that's to right. either get your house fixed now because it's going to rain tomorrow or donate to this group here because we're going to help these people get their houses fixed tomorrow because right. it's going to rain, right? Right. Yeah. Quick, quick story. I think you'll like just the other night, my wife was, my wife and I were preparing dinner and she got a phone call from obviously a spam number and she likes to answer them. I don't, but she likes to answer them. And, and this, this lady, you could hear a call center. I mean, you could hear the call center. They don't even try to mask it anymore. Uh, and, and she was telling her that she's from the federal government. Uh, doesn't mention which one, but she's from the federal government, and uh, my wife is eligible for, for this fantastic uh, incentive uh, for people who have never been convicted of a felony, who have a good mortgage, who da-da-da-da-da, all she needs is some information, and my wife got really, you know, playing with her. She gets really excited, and she goes, oh, wait a minute, I'm sorry. I guess I'm not eligible. Now, this is obviously off their script, right? Each of these are reading from a script more than likely, Okay. This is off their script. I like to get them off script. And she did too. And she goes, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not eligible. Lady, well, what are you talking about? She goes, well, I just got out of prison. I'm a convicted felon. Of course, she's not. And the lady paused. And you could hear all the chatter and everything behind her. And she came back on, that's okay, ma'am. We'll still give you the money. Now, wait a minute. When the stories change right. on the fraudsters, if they give you hard and fast rules, you must this, you must this, you must this, you must this, ask them a question that intersects with that hard and fast rule. 
ask them a question that hurts one of those and see if their story changes, but still it makes the same end game. Like she still wanted that information from my wife. And of course we, she, she actually eventually hung up, but it's one of those where you always listen if you're going to do that, if you're going to listen, but then ask those hard questions in the middle to intersect that. And if they dodge and change the story, then it wasn't very hard and fast, real good indicator of fraud. So what you're saying there, you can actually use with anybody in any circumstance, if you suspect that something's not the way it should be, just throw them off the game somehow. And see how Absolutely. Okay, Absolutely. Okay, yeah. So You've mentioned so far at the local level, if it's an insurance type thing, call your, your insurance agent and, yes. and work up from there. If uh, you're looking at something maybe online, go to the home source that they're pretending to be and Correct. see if there's something there. Because I know I've seen an actually a real nice American Red Cross email came in once. And then when yes. I started searching out, it didn't lead back to anybody at the American Red Cross. So that's right. Step up and look at those things there. So now, as we start moving up, you mentioned the uh, the state consumer affairs people. Yes, that's correct. Ab okay. Absolutely, consumer affairs, insurance commission, uh, Better Business Bureau, always good pieces of information. Uh, now, if you got a new business, it might not be BBB rated yet. That's fine. However, the BBB almost always has a link from what they have of that, like the the incorporation documents, like, is it incorporated? Yes, it is. Where is it located? Oh, it's located in this state. They don't even have to contact the business. They know that through the state documents. And, and that's something to know. If you can't find anything on that business from that pretty card he gave you, that's a clue. Right. Well, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So we got the local level here. If we move up the highest levels of state, uh, would we want to ever go to the, I know there's the, uh, the FCs, uh, certain federal trade commissions and stuff. Also. Absolutely. And I was looking at one yesterday and the name escapes me, but I know there is a national fraud alert service of some sort. Yes, there is. You can actually sign up for that. Uh, it's a great website. Um, and, and you can, you can actually uh, um, uh, just, just Google national fraud uh, okay. alert uh, and it will come up. It, it'll have a .gov on it, by the way, <laughs> not a .com or a .net or a .eu. Um, but uh, you could sign up for alerts. You could sign up for their newsletters. It's a great way to get that information. A lot of states have that too. Georgia State has that kind of information. We could sign up for newsletters and new fraud alerts. Um, one thing that I would like to empower people, and, and I don't want to sidetrack you here, but we're talking about getting information. Empower your local police. Empower your local sheriff to let them know that you want to know about new and emerging frauds in your area. Most okay. sheriff's departments are very good at this. Uh, I have found of sheriffs and police, but I have found that most of them are very good at it after it's begun or after the natural disaster or after something is going on. What I like to do and what we did a lot on our Facebook and our Twitter and, and, and just getting out to social media was, hey, this is going around town. It, it, it's fake. I assure you, if you've been contacted by these people, let us know because that helped us track any potential case you might have on these folks, especially if they're physically driving around trying to defraud. What kind of vehicle were they in? What did they look like? Do you have any cameras? You know, that helps them, but empower your local agencies to say, hey, give us this information. Doesn't scare us, it, 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 it helps us be safe because if I get that same mailer, right, that my mother-in-law got, then I, I, I've already read it, I know it's garbage. 
right? Um, and people ask me all the time, why do they continue? Why do these people keep this up? And I said, well, they wouldn't, and they wouldn't have massive call centers calling people if people didn't fall for it by the hundreds of thousands daily. Right. Okay, so do you know, I'm just wondering, you know, before the event, like hurricane season is getting ready to start in just a few days here in, <laughs> yes, in sir. Uh, the Gulf Coast and the Atlantic Coast. Uh, traditionally, we might have a couple early birds. More than likely, though, they usually move later, August, September, October. However, do the local law enforcement, do they tool up in any way, shape, or form to just start putting the beat out to start looking for these guys yes. that they know are going to be coming at some point, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, uh, I have um, a co-worker who actually worked in, uh, she still lives in Florida, but she worked in Florida when she was still in her agency, uh, and she was in Intel, and she kept track of all of the yearly fraudsters, as we were calling them. And, and those bulletins would go out to detectives and patrol, hey, be on the lookout for because about this time these people start, they like this neighborhood. Uh, you know, some agencies are so proactive as to go out and hand out flyers to those particular neighborhoods that are most targeted uh, okay. or the people groups who are most targeted. Hey, be on the watch for this. We haven't seen this yet this year, but you know, it's very, don't, don't forget, this is fraud. We do need to know about it. Let us know. Don't want you to become a victim. Many agencies are very proactive on that, some more than others, right? Uh, but, but I always empower agencies to do just that. Use the intel they have to help their citizens, because by the time the citizen calls and says, this guy ran off with my $5,000, the $5,000 is gone. They have been a victim. In law enforcement, I was always the person that tried to prevent, uh, not, not just disrupt. I like to disrupt, but I would rather prevent uh, because then we don't have a victim. Because once you have a victim, you can't take that back. Right. Somebody's always victimized. How do we keep that from happening? So many do, and, and I hope more continue that. Okay, so it's actually up to us to keep ourselves from being the victim by understanding the process, knowing what to look at, having an idea yeah. where the red flags start coming up. And That's if right. we get victimized, then we need to reach out as fast as we can, if for no other reason, to just try to stop those people, right? A absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and, and, and work with law enforcement. I've had so many people that, uh, as a detective, I would go around to a neighborhood and I had a couple of reports of this and it didn't make any sense to me. Why would they only go to these two houses? I start knocking on doors and they're like, oh yeah, they came by. Would you have any video of it? Oh yeah, I had real good video, but I just erased it all. I mean, I just, yeah, it's not, uh, they, they didn't hurt me. No, no. See, fraudsters aren't necessarily targeting one person. One person is not going to pay their bills. They mm -hmm. want a mass amount of people. And let's say that uh, I was in my, the, the front of my yard, right? Way up away from my house. And I, I came in contact with somebody. I have no video of that. I have a testimony, but I have no video. But my next neighbor, they drove all the way down and they have good video of it. Now I report it, but they don't. Well, what's the detective gonna do with my information? Well, we've got a description of a vehicle, a description of a person, but that's about it. But yet the neighbor has video, which matches my description, which then couples in with the investigation to help stop these people. So we have to think too, that it's not just a, just a citizenry issue. It, it's an issue where the citizens can help law enforcement and law enforcement can in turn help the citizens snub this out. All right, that sounds great. So it's, it's, a, it's a symbiotic relationship, so to speak. You know, I hope Should you be. me and make sure you get the information and you're gonna get me information I need. That's and right, it should we, be, yes sir. We, the citizens need to reach out and 
push that button, so to speak, to make it happen, right? Yeah, and just just use that little voice. Everybody's got it. I, I've never, I, I, I can't think of a single person that was ever defrauded that I didn't ever speak to that went, well, you know, now thinking about it, something just wasn't right. You know, almost every one of them that actually everyone I can think of. And this is, I don't know how many hundreds upon hundreds. And I didn't say this. I mean, I'm, I'm the nice detective, but you're thinking, ah, if you just listen to the little voice, right? Yeah. Taking a second to validate, verify, talk to other people, then we wouldn't be in this position. And I'm not blaming them a bit because believe me, these, especially if they're at your house, these people are slick. These people are good. These people are scripted. These people are trained very, very highly. They know what to say. That's why I always question them. I always ask them questions that are totally off base. <laughs> like, just like if they say they're a roofer, I'm gonna go, you know, I got a question about my flashing. I think my flashing has a problem right here. What kind of flashing is that? Well, flashing is generally aluminum, but if they can't answer that, that's a problem. You know what? 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 What size? Uh, what size uh, decking is under my roof? I just I don't know. What is that? Half inch? Is that three quarters? Is that a quarter? If they don't know, that's a problem. Because if they're in that business, they should know the basics of that business. And if they can't answer those, something's wrong with the story. Okay, well, Daniel, we've covered a lot of information here. <clears throat> Excuse me. Valuable information for the people to. to hopefully pay attention to and use to their best ability. Is there anything that we have not covered? Is there anything that you're passionate about you'd like to share that we didn't bring up or you want to expand on? Yeah, you know, the one that I'm, I'm, I, I'm extremely passionate about right now because it does affect so many people uh, is, is with the pandemic we've had going on, uh, you know, people have decided to, to, to be fraudsters in vaccines or vaccine information or, or this is, if you give me this X amount of money, you can get vaccines. I've literally heard from people that have paid $50 to go somewhere to get a vaccine. Well, we all know that, where did you get this? That's not necessary. Oh, I went to this place in this strip mall. What? What did they give you? You, you need to report that immediately to your local authorities because Lord knows what, what, what you had, right? Uh, you know, and you can go anywhere and buy scrubs. Right, look like a doctor. <laughs> you can do that anywhere, and, and it, it pulls at me because it's fear. Like we talked about earlier, they they pull at your heartstrings, they pull at it. But if the heartstrings don't work, they'll pull at fear. What are you fearful of? It's going to the, bo the boogeyman's going to get you unless you give me this. Oh, there's not enough vaccine. If you give me this much money, I'll get you one. But did you really? What did you get? Or they just took your money and sent you to an empty building, right? This is happening a lot of places all over all over our country. And 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 you think, well, that's isolated. You know, COVID's on the way down. This is going to be gone. That this is that I believe this whole COVID thing was a litmus test for further pandemics that might come in, in the future. And I'm not predicting any pandemic. I'm just saying they just went, wait a minute, does this work? As we said in the beginning, and I guess this will wrap it up, as we said in the beginning, they're always looking for new ways to expand their repertoire. And, and this pandemic gave them a perfect example of, wait a minute, people are panicking. People are, 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 are they need this vaccine. They're worried they're going to get sick. I know. 
we'll call and see if we can get them to pay money and we'll set them up an appointment somewhere and it doesn't exist. And, and, and that gets me. There goes my injustice phone again. These people are in fear for their lives, right? Their livelihoods, their, their, their health, their, their family, and these people prey on them. So I guess just to wrap it up, Daniel, I'd say, again, we've covered a lot here and there's even more to cover, but it's one of those where you go, this is an example of how these are typically done, but that's not all. It, it could be a new, it could be email, it could be mail, it could be at your house, it could be a phone call, it could be a text, it could be any number of things. If it doesn't seem right, if it's out of the norm, if it's not somebody you know, if it's not somebody you expected, if it's not somebody you called to come to your house, you just at least need to verify way before you pull that trigger because it might be somebody trying to defraud you. Right. That sounds like a, well, that's very good information. So this sort of wraps it up here. Please remember not to forget to pick up your gift, the Holiday House Fire Safety eBook. You can find the link in the information portion of the podcast or go to www.eapready.com.